So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. Everybody. God bless you and welcome today to Terry Mize Ministries More Than Conquerors program. We are delighted you have joined us today and we are going to talk about things that I know you'll want to hear fresh from the Holy Spirit. And we've got good news and then we're going to give you some more news to help you get over the bad news. And so <laughs> it's always wonderful to just talk about the Word of God and how it will apply to our life and how we can have superior wisdom, counsel, power over the circumstances of life. Isn't I just always find that stunning. I'm never tired of talking about that, that this is the better way. That yeah, makes me happy. You're doing a good job. <laughs> it is. It's, it's so wonderful. Uh, I mean, it just is amazing to me that the different kinds of advice, wisdom, counsel, instruction, recommendation, everything that's in this book. And if you'll dig for it and go after it, You'll get it, won't you? Absolutely. I mean, this stuff is supposed Absolutely. to work for the most primitive people groups on the planet. You're supposed to be able to teach this to the most primitive peoples on and, the planet. And, I have. and you have, and be able to get them to believe it and act no, on absolutely. it. And God Jesus, Jesus preached to, to farmers and to yes. fishermen. <laughs> and uh, I've preached to naked natives around the world, literally yeah. naked natives yeah. uh, around the world in the jungles, third world. Uh, Primitive, primitive, right? Uh, and uh, they get it. And yeah. yet, in uh, in America, in the, in the Western world, we try to make it so, so complicated, complicated, and so, so difficult. You yeah. know, our our mutual dear dear friend Charles Caps, he's in heaven today. But Charlie used to always say, "The Bible's so simple. We've had to have professional help to misunderstand it, and we've certainly <laughs> had true. professional help to That's misunderstand true. it." I'm amazed how. How fouled up and how messed up right. these intellectuals can make the Bible when Jesus just did it to fishermen and farmers, and I've done it with naked natives around the world. And yeah. uh, it's an easy word to understand. Well, it is. And that's uh, so. T.L. Osborne was, you know, my dear friend, and T.L. Osborne was one of the greatest missionaries on the planet and had just more miracles than, oh, I don't know, anybody, I guess, on right. the world. And uh, T.L. used to tell me, he'd say, you know, I don't even like to preach in America. In fact, he didn't preach in America. For 32 years, he would not preach in a church in America, well, all the way up to 1980. Uh, and in 1980, I had been bugging him so much about how America needs him and the churches in America right. need him. And, and please preach, please preach. And so finally, in 1980, I got him to agree to preach in American churches. Now, he had preached in a couple of conventions in America, right. but not in a church in 32 mm -hmm. years. And so finally, I got him to agree to it, and 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 he said he would. And so the first thing I did is called John Osteen at Lakewood Church. It was also my dear friend, and said, "How would you like to have T.L. Osborne preach for you?" And he said, "You got to be kidding me! I can't even get past the secretary." I said, "I can get him to preach for you." And I called other preachers, and I called Paul and Jan Crouch, and on television. And I, anyway, but T.L. said to me so many times over the years, he said, "Terry, 
the Americans want, want, it, want to make it so hard. He said, I don't do well in America because I just preach the gospel and get people healed. And, just, and he said, but, but the American church, the American Christians, he said, they just want it hard. They want to make it difficult. They want to make it hard. We was, at a, we was at a convention one time, and there's a pretty famous healing ministry preaching. I mean, very, very famous television healing ministry preaching. And, and uh, T.L. Uh, had asked me to take him. But it was not very long after his wife, Daisy, had gone to heaven. And so he said, I don't want to stay for the whole thing. He said, I'd just like to go in, uh, make an appearance, you know, show them I appreciate them. And then would you get me out of there? And I said, sure. And so sure enough, we went and he, he talked to Oral a little bit and, and uh, or Roberts. And then uh, uh, he talked to another preacher or two. And then, and then this uh, ministry got up to minister, got up to preach. And he did. And and so I told T.L. I said, "Come on, let's go." He said, "I can't now. I'm stuck. I gotta I gotta sit here for a while." And so we sat there. And finally, after the minister finished ministering, after about an hour and a half, he said, uh, "T.L. said, come on, get me out of here. Let's go." So I took him, took him out the back way, and drove him home. <laughs> and uh, on the way home, T.L. had this uh, real habit of uh, personality quirk, I guess, of if he didn't like something, he would blow out of the top of his mouth. He'd go. <laughs> And so I'm driving him home, and he's sitting over here, and I'm taking him home. And he said, "What's oh, over there?" And he goes, Pfft. "And I said, something wrong." And he said, "He said, did you hear that guy preaching?" And I said, "Well, yes, sir, I did." And he said, "He said, uh, man, that was rough." I said, "You didn't like it?" He said, "Well, he said he he told us that the anointing was costly, and he said then he made us pay for it. He, he said he kept us there an hour and a half just going on, made us pay for it." And I said, yes, sir. And I'm just driving, trying to be nice, you know. And uh, he said, uh, he said, you see all those sick people there? I said, yes, sir. He said, do you see those people in the wheelchairs and crutches? I said, yes, sir. And he said, uh, he can't help them. And I said, what? And he said, he can't help them. I said, you don't think he can help them? He said, oh, no, he's not going to help them. <laughs> so I'm just driving. And uh, so in a few minutes, I said, sir. And he said, what? And I said, could you have helped them? And he said, well, of course I could. And I said, well, what would you do different than what he did? He said, well, I wouldn't have taken an hour and a half and worn everybody out. He said, I'd, I'd have got up and preached, about, it, right I'd have preached about 20 minutes and the anointing of God had come and I'd, get, I'd get people healed and then we'd go home. That's right. <laughs> but he said, he said, but they wouldn't let me do that here. He said, America won't let me do that. Right. He said, they want it hard. I've noticed that, you yeah. know, through I the years. I remember one time you and Dean invited me to your church decades ago to Corpus Christi, your great church, um, Faith Heritage. And uh, you had gathered together 100 pastors and their wives, 100 ministries, couples. And uh, and you asked me, you or Dean one said, would you minister to us on miracles, teach us to have miracles? And so I made the statement to all those, all the ministers. I said, uh, I've been asked, I said, Dean Renee have asked me to uh tell you how to have miracles. And I said, I, I can do that. I said, but you're probably not going to like it. <laughs> and this is before I'd even talked to DL about this. Right. And uh, I said, I said, because it, it's really too easy. And I said, we in America don't like that. Right. And I said, we want a whole bunch of steps and a whole bunch of three steps while the seven steps didn't work and four right. steps why we should have used the three That's steps. Right. And, you know, right. and, uh, and, uh, and so I told those pastors there at your church, I said, I said, I can tell you how to have miracles, but I said, it's so easy, you, you miss it. I said, the, the number one thing is the only, the only prerequisite for needing a miracle, for having a miracle, for getting a miracle, the only prerequisite is to need one. 
Yeah. And I said, so, you know. Exactly. You, you can't have a blind eye open if you're not blind. If, if nobody's no, right. nobody there is blind. Right. And I said, uh, so you have to have somebody that needs one. And I said, and, and then uh, you just go where the hurting people are and pray for them. And I said, uh, I said, you know, God shows up when I show up. I said, the only great thing I've ever done in my life is I've showed up. Right. And, and of course, you say that a lot. Yeah, you know, right. That, that when, when God I get gets there, there, God gets there. Right, right. And, just um, show up. See so, what happens. <laughs> so uh, I just said, you know, when I go overseas, when I when I walk in, God walks in. And uh, and so the miracles are there. They're ready. Right. They're ready to go. I said, now, if I don't right. go. Right. Then they're not there, and God's not there. I mean, God's there because He's everywhere. But I mean, you know, the miracle healing he's power. He's ready of God. to do something. And uh, and I said, uh, I, I said, so you know, you have to, you you have to go and take the anointing with you. You right. don't wait for somebody to create it. Right. You take it with you. Right. And uh, so many churches I've preached step. in over the decades. You know, I've had you. the music people come to me, the praise and worship people come to me, and they say, "Oh, brother Terry, we know you can't preach without us, and we'll have to bring the anointing." I say, wait, wait, what time? Time out. Where where are you when I'm in the jungles? Yeah, right. You know, where are you when I'm in the rivers? Where are you when I'm with the naked natives? Where are you when I'm Very in true. I'm in Muslim lands? Where are you when I'm in Buddhist lands? Where are you when I'm in yeah. in, in in Hindu lands? Exactly. I, you know, I, I don't I hadn't seen you around. And I've had lots and lots of miracles, and I said, no, the anointing. I bring the anointing with me. Right. I said, I don't depend on you for the anointing. If you bring some, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I'm thankful, yeah. but I don't depend on you to bring the anointing. I create my own. I bring my own. And, uh, and and so anyway, I, I, I told those folks, I said, uh, at your church, uh, I said, uh, you know, most of you pastors, 100 ministries represented here, I said, I said, don't get mad at me for making this statement. But I said, I, uh, I've probably had more miracles than all of you put together. I said, I don't mean that wrong. I'm not bragging. I'm just, it's just a fact. I've probably had more miracles than all of you put together. I said, I've probably had more blind eyes open than all of you put together. I probably had more deaf ears unstopped than all of you put together. I probably had more cripples walk than all of you put together. I probably cast out more devils than all of you put together. I probably raised more dead than all of you put together. <laughs> I, said, I said, now don't throw your Bibles at me. I said, it's not because I'm better than you. It's not because I think I'm greater than you. Right. It's not because I'm cool. It's because I've been where the sick people are. That's and I said, key. and most of you pastors, uh, not your fault. Most of you pastors have never prayed for a blind person. And I said, if you've never prayed for a blind person, then I guarantee you, you've never had a blind eye open. Right. And I said, most That's of you uh, don't have any blind people in your church. Or if you do, now here's a kicker. I said, if you do, they've never come up for prayer for being blind. Right. They may come up in the prayer right. line because they've got a cold or they got the flu or they need a job or right. they've got marriage problems or their kids need help. Uh, but they've never come and said, I'm blind, pray for me. That's never entered their mind or your mind. You know, and and so uh, on, on. In contrast, when I'm in a crusade, I've literally got thousands of blind people and deaf people and crippled people and demon possessed people. I mean, you know, yes. it's, I hate to say it's a numbers game, but I mean, if you've got a hundred blind people out there, then you're going to have more blind people <laughs> and blind right. eyes open. That's right. Than if you have no blind people yeah, out there, just by ratio. Uh, I said, you know, you've probably never had a deaf person healed, but the same token, you may have deaf people in the church. They've never once come right. up and said, pray for me. I'm deaf. You know, you may have crippled people come. You may have somebody come up in a wheelchair, and and but they don't say, "Get me out of this wheelchair." Right. They say, "I need a job," or "My wife's sick," or "My husband's sick," or "My kids exactly. are on drugs," or "Or I've got a cold," or "I've got a flu." Right. You know, right. I, I need to pay my rent. But they don't come up and say, "Get me out of this wheelchair." And I said, on contrast, where I go. 
That's the only reason they're there. That's right. They've come desperate on purpose saying the man of God's in town. Uh, people are getting healed right and left. I'm going to go down there and see if he'll do right. something happen for me. Right. And so the blind come, the deaf come, the lame come, you know, the demon possessed come, the cripples come, the, uh, the, they come. And I said, because of that, then I, I think it's safe to say I've had more miracles than all of you, not because I'm wonderful, but because I'm praying for sick people. Right. And, and the proximity that the ministry, the believer can have. I, I want to just, just add this to what you're saying, because it's so important for us to understand that the Holy Ghost in us, the Spirit of God, is always searching to, to lead us to people that have hungry hearts and that have, oh, that have an expectation. And I remember, Terry, years ago, too, during that time frame that you were teaching on miracles, Dean got a message that he preached for 30 years, I guess, in, in our church, and it was called The Seven Characteristics of Faith. And it was all about oh, yeah. how to receive a miracle. And it was all about how to carry a miracle because, and it's and, and it's not because you have to have as steps and things. It's like you're saying we treat a healing service or even a ch regular church service. There's a tendency with Christians to treat it almost like it's a séance. We have to turn the lights out. We have to have the praise and music. Isn't that interesting? We have to have all of that. And God's always light. Anytime yeah. you read the Old Testament and the New <laughs> Testament, you find out that the devil's dark, God's light. Yeah. And we got all these churches today that turn their lights out during praise and worship. And they say, oh, it makes us intimate with God. I say, oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you have to create an atmosphere in the wrong way, a man-made way. And, it's, and it comes under the heading of like steadying the ark. And you don't want to steady the ark. No, that didn't you work wanna, for Uzzah. Yeah, that doesn't work real well. The, the principle of that in the Old Testament was that Uzzah reached out to steady the ark, um, and, and you you know, that didn't end up well, and we don't want to try to do that with the presence of God. And I think ministries miss it by by talking too long and too much. We have oh, too definitely. many things going oh, on, and we don't, and we need to have and, and follow that uh, that umph. That's one thing Brother Osteen excelled in, Terry, was that he knew when the anointing was there to lay hands on the oh, sick yeah. and to pray oh, yeah. for people. And it's so important for us to have a constant expectation in God, hope, confidence, expectancy, patience, joy, peace, and love, that we walk in a, in a presence of faith all the time. If you're going to live by faith, if you're going to walk by faith, it's got to be in there all oh, the time. Absolutely. Well, and that's another thing that I told those preachers there at your church that day. I said, I, said, I, I can tell you how to have miracles. And I said, but now listen to me. You need to listen to what I'm telling you. I said, when, when you preach, you're a preacher. And I said, the problem with preachers is they like to hear their own voice. You know, they, they got three points. They want to get those three <laughs> points out. They got seven points. They want to get those seven points out. You know, they, they, they want to give you this masterful sermon they've written out. And there's nothing wrong with any of that, except when the anointing falls for healing, you need to shut up and pray. That's right. So I told those preachers, and I've told Bible school students this. I've I've taught so many people how to have miracles tonight. And I said, when you preach, walk in walk in the pulpit, and and start preaching, but but be watching the congregation, not not in the natural, the the people, what they're wearing or what they look like, but in the spirit. Watch the congregation in the spirit, and watch for faith to rise. Because if you're preaching the word, faith will rise. Faith comes, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the word. So, so if you're preaching the word, 
Faith's going to rise. Right. And and just keep watching that. Keep preaching. Keep preaching the, what God gave you. Uh, but watch faith. And as it rises, yes. be very sensitive to where it peaks. Because at some point, it'll peak. Yes. At some point during your sermon, it'll, it'll, it'll peak. It, it may get this high and peak, and then start back down. It may get this high and peak, and then start back down. It may get this high and peak. Start. But at some point, it's going to peak. And at that peak is when you want to shut up. And pray. I don't care if you're on your first point and you still have three more. I don't care. That's the time to pray. But most preachers can't do that. Most preachers preach past the peak. Right. Raise your hand and say, I won't preach past the peak. But when you preach past the peak, it goes down. And so you have to, so you keep preaching and it'll, it'll begin to go up again at some point. Right. But I've never noticed it. I've never found it ever to peak higher than it did the first time. It'll peak again, may peak two or three more times while you're preaching, uh, as you start preaching the word. But, but faith will peak. And when it, when it, it may never come back to that same level. But you need, to, you need to watch it. And so when it peaks, shut up. Right in the middle of your point, shut up. Right. And say, let's pray. And, and that anointing is there to heal. You know, the, you know, the Bible tells us in the New Testament, the power of the Lord is there to heal. Right. You know, and, and when it's there to heal, then it's not going to wait on you. When it's there to heal, That's then right. you need to shut up and pray. And so I told those preachers at your church there uh, that day to, to do that. And, um, and that, that's how we have miracles. I don't know how I got started on this. We, we, you had a simple point that I butted in on a long time ago about, and I think T.L. Osborne saying, you know, T.L. said, go where the hurting people are. Right. Well, and, you know, Dean and I pastored, uh, al- you know, almost 40 years. Oh, yeah. And then you you and Jackie pastored four and a half years there in Tulsa. And, and just an impromptu pastoring that it fell into your lap that, that they needed right. leadership. Right. But, and, and I'm not a pastor. Right. I simply could do it because of the office of the apostle is actually the, the apostle is the only one that can do the other four. Yeah. Brother Osteen used to do it like this. He used to teach on the gifts of the, the offices of the ministry, and he'd say, you know, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. You talk about the teacher being the little finger getting could get in your ear. You know, you talk about that. the index finger could reach way, could point. You know, right. but the thumb. He said was the apostle, and he said that he, the the apostle is the only one that can touch the other four. The apostle can can do the other. I remember Brother Hagen used to say. Now some some of you preachers probably won't agree with this because some of you do this, <laughs> and it's none of my business. I'm just saying what Brother Hagen used to say. Brother Hagen used to always tell us a prophet cannot pastor a church. Yeah, he said that so many times over the years. He'd yes, say a prophet has no yes, business pastoring a church, even right. though he pastored a church right. uh, in his younger days. Yeah, for but twelve then, years. But then, fact. as his ministry changed, right. then right. he couldn't pastor anymore. Right, and he had to operate in that prophet's ministry. And uh, but um, but he'd always say, you know, a prophet can't pastor. And I've gone to a lot of pastors, friends of mine, that are prophets and they're pastors. And I've told them, I say, how do you reconcile this? You know, Brother Hagen said you can't do it. And they always say, well, well, I know, but I can't. I mean, he's right. You can't do it, but I can't. You know, they always <laughs> give an exclusion or an exception uh, why they can. Uh, but then you have some pastors that are prophets. But even though they pastor, their main ministry is prophet, and they, they actually don't stay at the church. They, they, they do other things. You know, I'm, th- I'm thinking in particular of Mark Barkley. Mark's yeah, a good friend Mark's, of mine. Mark's so and good Mark's a great, uh, a great yeah. man of God and a, and a prophet. And he pastors a church in Midland, Michigan. In fact, I'm going to be speaking for him in December, but, uh, but, but his main ministry is, is, is prophet. 
And so he just, he, he, he kind of oversees lots of pastors, right? you know, and he, he travels constantly and continuously over overseeing pastors. So that's, that's how that's able to work in his, in his ministry. And he has good people there at the church that, that run things while he's gone. But, uh, well, we're living in the days like no other that we're going to have to have the supernatural, the miraculous, the interruption of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I like the, the leading, interruption of the Holy Spirit. The guiding, as well as the comfort, the instruction, <laughs> the guidance of the Holy Ghost. We need all of the supernatural power of God. Yes, we and do. And here, it, we're, we're filming this now in the month of October, and Terry and I have noticed how many horror, evil, um, Ubers, uh, spiritual, supernatural movies and TV programs that are coming on the air, just every oh, yeah. channel, every channel, every channel. And we know that it's the counterfeit of hell and to guess distract what the guess people. what their message is? <laughs> yeah, fear. it's just, it's an unbelievable it's counterfeit. It's always fear. Yeah, and it's all about fear. And um, Terry's been saying now for months and months and months, over, the, especially over the last um, year and a half, that fear and faith cannot live in the same house. Amen. And if the just are going to live by faith, and, and keep that in mind, that four times throughout the Word of God, the statement is made that the just shall live by faith. Old Testament and New and Testament. Old, correct. Old Testament and New Testament. And, and that faith, that measure of faith that we've been given, Romans chapter 12 tells us, that we have been given that measure of faith to profit for ourselves yes. with so that we can live by faith and receive by faith all of these wonderful promises of oh, God. Amen. But then when we go out there to the world and the and our purpose to win souls and be an influence and be the light, you know, the city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, that we're to be the salt that makes people thirsty and that preserves the the planet till that Jesus return, then we're gonna have to have miracles and you're gonna have to be not so full of yourself. <laughs> and as Terry was given the example of listening more, saying less, and knowing, just like a salesman knows when to close the deal, mm -hmm. you know, and know when you've given enough information, stop talking and, and make the sale, have people sign on the bottom line, get out their credit card, and this deal is done. But, you know, we're doing this for souls. Miracles are the dinner bell for the supernatural. And when you ring that bell and you have an, uh, an opportunity to uh, pray for someone who needs healing in their body or pray for someone that's ready to receive Jesus as Lord of their life, and you're standing there just still talking, disseminating information, that's why we have the Holy Spirit living in us, yes. is that he's there to regulate the um, the disbursement, the process of either getting the word out or the miracle out, the word and the spirit. Paul said to the Corinthians, they must agree. You have to oh, have absolutely. you have to have the right measurement. <laughs> Even in heaven they agree. Yeah. You have to have all of that in agreement so that you're not heavy on one and less on the other. And the Lord wants to have miracles, Terry. Absolutely. He wants to show up. Well, he's the only God that does miracles. He's the only one. The uh, others are dead gods. F.F. Bosworth said about the year I was born, 1950, he said, he said, miracles are the dinner bell to the world. Right. It's what right. calls people to God. That's right. And and when the churches today that don't have miracles, and it's almost a lost thing, right. uh, then then people start looking around and say, well, why not go to Buddha? Why not go to 
Mohammed went People on to People are still Hare looking. Krishna went That's on why to, there's so many yeah. movies out about the supernatural. Oh, yeah. And it's all glorifying the power of hell. It's evil. It's mean. It's a thief. It's destructive. It's yes. murder. It's absolute. It's just bloody and nasty and garbage out there in the world. And yet, here's the gospel, <laughs> and we're we're enticed to to come into the presence of the Lord and see the beauty of the yes, Lord, we are. the goodness of God. Yes, you want to talk about that? Hey, I do, because all last month we were telling you that that uh, this is exciting. We were doing a series called the Legacy Series, uh, Volume One, which means there'll be another volume or so. But uh, my <laughs> legacy, because I've been preaching for fifty-three years yes, all over have. the world. That's right. And and in this, and we told you all last month. We said it's coming, it's coming, it's coming to be ready in October. Well, it's here, and so you can get a hold of it. Uh, it it'll absolutely, you know, change your life. And uh, tell them what's on it because it's changed lives all yeah. over the world. These are four series, four messages. I always hate to say I have sermons. I don't like the word even sermons because I, I don't do four points in a poem. I do a lifestyle of how this this will work for you. This will help <laughs> your kids. Right. This will help your family. Keep this you alive. Uh, Bless and, you. But this is called Legacy Legacy Volume 1. Right. And it's got some old pictures on it to show that it's legacy. Uh, and at the back, it's got it's even got a picture of a cassette tape down here uh, and some, some pictures. There's my buddy Wayne Myers, who's 99 now. Uh, in in Mexico, but um, this has four messages on it that God gave me. I didn't get them from anybody else. Nothing wrong with listening to other preachers and preaching their stuff. I used to do that, but but I got to the point where I needed so many miracles and had to do so much stuff overseas. I had to get fresh stuff from God from heaven. What do you want me to do right now? Absolutely. And so there's four messages here. One is called "Who Do You Say Jesus Is?" Hallelujah. One is called "Salvation Is of the Lord." One is called "How to Live Stable in Unstable Times." And then the fourth one is where the word of a king is, there, there is, is power. power. And so each one of these God gave me at a specific time uh, in history right. to help people, to change people, to change history, to make history, to establish some things, to resurrect some things. Uh, and these, these messages will, will put you over. Amen. And, uh, uh, so, so there's uh, four messages in here. The Legacy Series, you can get a hold of it from our office or go to terrymines.com. You can get a hold of it there. And then Renee's holding the uh, the the USB drive. So, so you take this little USB drive if you don't do CDs. I know I got in our last new car and I grabbed a CD and I started poking up at the dashboard <laughs> and giving them, where's the hole? And, you know, where, and there wasn't one. They don't have them anymore. But this USB drive, uh, you just, you just do like this and, and, and flip it out. And uh, and then you you just poke that in the in your USB drive or in your in your car or wherever you're at, and so that's got these four messages on here, and um, they're both the same price. Even though this one costs us more to produce, it comes in a nice little plastic case. I've got it around here somewhere. I had it right here. Did you get my case? Wait, um, we're out of time. What did you do? And uh, so comes in this little case. They're both $25. Even though that one costs us more, that one's $25. You can get a hold of them. God bless you. We're so glad you've joined us today. And we say always to you before we leave the air, you are more, more than, than conquerors. Bye-bye. I read Terry's stories about being ended up here in Mexico, being shot at by robbers. Eating up the stories that he would tell of his missions and ministry, and it would build my faith.